If you have a story you would like to hear featured on this podcast, please go to AsTheRavenDreams.com and click the button to submit your story. Also, if the platform you're listening on has the option to rate this podcast, please consider doing so. And thank you. I have a creepy story that happened a few years back, when my wife and I lived in an apartment at a fairly small apartment complex. It's one of those could-have-been-worse stories, and I'm glad that it happened to me instead of someone else, which may sound weird, but it'll make sense by the end. A few years ago, I went through a pretty rough time in my life. My wife and I were living in the aforementioned apartment complex, and things were going great, until I was laid off from my job. I worked for a company that had some branch offices, and I worked at one of those branches. The company decided that they wanted to downsize and move out of my state. So, they shuttered the branch office, and basically told us that we no longer had a job. They did offer us a month's worth of pay, but to be told, by the end of Wednesday you won't have a job, on a Monday morning, it kind of sucks. I was obviously a bit down in the dumps after this happened, and it seemed to get worse about three days later when my wife's car decided that it wanted to stop running. It had something wrong with it, and it wouldn't start. It's a bit unrelated, but it was the alternator, so it wasn't a terrible fix, but we didn't really have the spare money at the moment, considering I didn't have income. Thankfully, I did have a car, so she was able to take it to work. But, this basically meant that until we got the car fixed, I was stuck at home, unless I wanted to walk wherever I wanted to go. I didn't mind walking, but when your attitude is a bit soured by being laid off, well, let's just say the first week or so I stayed in bed. I will also add that, between the two cars, it was pretty clear who drove which one. I owned a decent pickup, and she owned a tiny bright blue Yaris with Tinkerbell stickers. Not trying to drop any sort of gendered stereotype, but... If you knew it was a couple living there, you could guess which car belonged to which person. Context out of the way, moving on to the story. What happened actually happened in the middle of the second week of me being home. I had decided that I would get up and make it a point of trying to clean up the apartment. Basically, I just wanted to get out of bed and have something to occupy my time. And if I could surprise my wife and make her happy, well, that would be even better. The first thing I needed to clean was myself. Obviously. So, I got out of bed and went ahead with taking a shower. By the time I was awake and in the shower, it was around 9.30 in the morning. So it wasn't really early, but it also wasn't late yet in the day. I was in there with the water running, just soaping myself up, when I heard a very distinct sound. The sound of our front door opening 
our door had a bit of a stick on the bottom, so it would drag on part of the floor and make a sliding or scraping noise as you opened it. My obvious initial thought was that my wife had come home early from work for whatever reason, but that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. She didn't mention that she wasn't feeling well. She didn't tell me that she was taking a half day or anything like that. And we weren't in a position where we could afford to lose even a few hours of income. I kind of stood there for a few minutes waiting for another sound. Like her keys or purse hitting the counter, her feet on the tile, her going to the bedroom, literally anything that would tell me that I wasn't just hearing things. There wasn't anything else for a few moments, so I went back to my shower. I finished up, turned off the water, and I slid the glass door open to grab a towel. The second that I opened the sliding door to the shower, the bathroom door flew open, and the person on the other side was not my wife. It was one of the people that worked for the rental company as a maintenance person, he pushed the door open hard, like he was trying to enter the room aggressively, and he was met with me, standing in the shower, facing him with all the glory bestowed upon me the day that I was born. The look on his face was actually kind of priceless, which I know adds a small amount of humor to this, but I guess I shouldn't detract from how terrifying this really was. I was in the shower, completely vulnerable, and this guy shoved his way into the bathroom the minute the shower turned off. This was meticulous. He was trying to catch someone off guard with his actions, and considering which car was in the driveway, my guess is that he thought my wife was the person that was home. This perspective hit me immediately during the few moments that the two of us were just standing there and staring at each other and I was pretty livid. I asked him if I could help him, and he started stuttering and trying to figure out what he could say to justify being in my home like this. In the end, he tried to claim that we had been notified yesterday that he would be there, and when I asked him how he notified us, he basically tried to say, uh, your wife should have been told. Uh, never mind, I think I, I must be mistaken. And then, kind of slinked out of the apartment. As soon as he was gone, I called the office and asked them why they had sent maintenance to our place, and they claimed that they hadn't. I informed them about what just played out, and they said they would look into it. Their excuse that they gave about three days later was that he had gone to the wrong unit, and they apologized for the inconvenience. Inconvenience be damned, I knew what he was doing. He didn't go to the wrong unit. He thought that my wife was home alone and that I wasn't there, and he entered our home with malicious intent. Like I mentioned, the fact that he waited for the shower to turn off and then barged into the bathroom tells me all I need to know about this situation. I kind of wish that I would have been more aggressive with him, though, I know violence isn't the answer, but it terrifies me to think that this wasn't his first time doing something like this. I don't know if he was planning a full-on assault, or if this was maybe some kind of voyeur kink thing, but 
It was sickening. We don't live at that property anymore, thankfully. And we got everything solved with her car thanks to her brother not long after this. I also bought a couple of Nest cameras with the money that we had saved. I justified it with my wife after I told her what happened and what I thought, and she agreed that it was a good idea. I don't recall ever seeing that maintenance man after this event, and I'm kind of hoping that he got fired. And maybe they just told me a lie about him going to the wrong unit. When I was a junior in college, I lived in a fraternity house with 40-plus other guys. As you can imagine, getting any personal time for studying, relaxing, or just peace and quiet was beyond rare. And that December before Christmas break, one of my friends suggested that we drive a few hours north. I went to school in Michigan to their family cottage where we could all just unwind before final exams and the much-needed winter break. As we drove up to the cottage, it was picturesque. Snow softly falling, beautiful trees surrounding the property, frozen lake illuminated by the cottage's exterior lights. It was just what we needed. Think of a Thomas Kincaid painting, as cliche as it sounds. His family had been coming up to this lake for a number of years and had only recently, within the past five years or so, purchased this place from an elderly couple that had passed and had lived there their entire lives. Throughout his childhood, they would always pass by this house and remark that it was haunted. Since the folks that lived there were retired, they weren't as active as the other lake dwellers, and being that their home sat a little further off the water, and was canopied by trees, it always seemed to be in the shadows, and never in the sun, which gave it that additional spooky look and feel. When the couple did ultimately pass, his family purchased it with the intentions of building a more modern lake house in its stead. But I digress. So we pull into the driveway and trudged up the walkway through six inches of soft, powdery snow. Once we got inside, we immediately started to unload our groceries and began the dinner process, of which I was in charge. The place was cozy, warm, and something you would expect an older person's home to look and feel like. A fire was lit, warming the place, and... I had just started cooking some steaks and shrimp in the kitchen. As college kids, you can imagine the excitement and luxury we felt when we opened the freezer and saw that it was stocked with steaks, shrimp, chicken. We'd been living on macaroni and cheese, so this was something that we were even more excited about. I had just mixed a drink, the fire was warm, and the radio was on. We couldn't have been happier. To get the scene and layout of the property, the house was sitting about 50 yards from the water and on a slight hill. The nearest neighbor was over half a mile away, and the drive up was about 300 yards from the road, so we were nestled back in relative isolation. There had also been a steady snowfall that evening, so there was about 6 to 8 inches of snow surrounding the house and covering the deck. 
So if, let's say, a squirrel had walked up to the house, its tracks would have been easily seen as the exterior lights illuminated the entire exterior. Even sensor lights were installed along the side walkway. We felt as safe as one could be. It was nearing 9pm, and we were starting to feel it and unwind. We poured another drink, and the food was nearly done. The smell of cooked steak wafted through the house. We all had these smiles on our faces, knowing we were living the life while the other guys back at school were living on top of each other and dealing with the nightly chaos that only a gaggle of college boys living under one roof could create. The juxtaposition was stark, and we couldn't have been happier. Dinner was nearing being finished, and the police's every little thing she does as magic was on the radio. This was 1994, so no iPods. We were old school, and we tuned it to a local radio station. The days when you felt that extra connection when the station played a song that you loved, like you and the DJ were on the same page with what good music was. We were feeling it right when the song was feeling it too. We cranked the volume and started dancing around. Life couldn't get any better. A nice buzz, a great meal on the way, and a cozy tucked away cabin, holidays right around the corner, a roaring fire. As a young man who grew up modestly, it was one of those moments. Until it wasn't. As we cranked the volume up to, we'll just say pretty loud, we heard the three loudest knocks on the back door. It stopped us, and the police probably, right in our tracks. It was so obvious that someone was at the back door that we all just stared at each other with a scared, confused look. Who in their right mind was out on a winter night and at our door? Who could be possibly be disturbing? A chill ran through me immediately because no matter who was at the door, it wasn't a good thing. My friend, whose family owned the place, ran to the back door and came roaring back with a look of sheer terror, and he said, Someone's in the house. The back door was slightly opened and someone had apparently slipped in the house. I can't describe the fear that gripped me. We panicked and froze. What should we do? Grab the fireplace poker? A kitchen knife? What was this person's intentions? What were they armed with? Why had they knocked and announced their presence only to slip into a hiding place? I can't stress how loud the knocks on the door were. It wasn't one of those, did you hear that moments. It was a needle off the record moment when you all arrive at the same thoughts at the same time and realize something bad is about to happen. We all caught our breath and did a room-to-room -room search armed with our household items, like mentioned above. By the time we got back to the main room, with the fireplace, we glanced outside to see where the snow tracks originated from. Expecting to see snow prints from the road, or heaven forbid the woods, we were stunned to find that the snow was undisturbed. The back deck where the door was slightly open showed no sign of anyone that had walked up. The steps, the deck itself, the walkway leading up were all covered with the six to eight inches of fresh snow. No one had approached the house from any direction. What the heck was going on here? Whatever it was, there was no person in the house. 
We were stuck in a cabin with something that was very upset about us disturbing them. We all quickly surmised that the old couple that had once lived there wasn't happy about their nightly routine being replaced with loud music and dancing kids. This insight offered us little comfort. After we finished dinner, we all slept in the master bedroom on the same bed. The idea of being alone and disturbing whatever lurked in that house was too frightening. The night came and went without incident, almost as if the ghost had made its point and was smug in knowing how much we were afraid. In the morning, we packed up and drove out of there in a hurried manner. In the daylight, we all looked back at the snow surrounding the house. It was as pristine as the night before. Not a flake seemed out of place. But I will never forget those three knocks. I've been living on my own for many years now. Around the time of this event, I was in my 30s and had been living in the same apartment complex for about four years. It was a one-bedroom, and I decided that I wanted a two-bed so I could have a spare if I had company, or just to have the extra room. They had someone moving out, and since I was renewing my lease... They asked me if I wanted the new place as a kind of an upgrade for being with them for five years. I gladly accepted. It was going to have all new appliances, new carpets, and even an accent wall, so I was pretty excited about it. Thankfully, I didn't have too much stuff to move, so I was able to do it all in a week. The neighbors in the new building were very kind and helpful, too. One of them, and their younger son, actually helped me move my mattress and couch in, so that was appreciated. As for the building, they were fourplexes, so each building had a number like 9247, and then the apartment unit with it, such as apartments A through D for the first floor, and the second floor. So, then the next building would be 9249 and the apartment numbers. They were all very similar and easy to confuse if you're not paying attention, I suppose. Throughout the week of moving, unpacking, and settling in, I had a few visitors come say hi and introduce themselves. I guess I looked very welcoming or something. They asked me about myself, if I was living alone, if I had any pets, the normal things, I suppose. I also found myself running out to my car or the dumpsters, so I kept the door unlocked during the day and was quick to open it when someone rang. I finished my living room for the most part and was working away at my kitchen when I had a knock on the door. I looked through the peephole and saw a guy in a baseball cap and t-shirt, thinking it was another neighbor or maybe I had dropped something in my shuffling. I mistakenly opened the door with a smile, and they greeted me by shoving me into my apartment, closing the door, and pulling a knife out. He nearly shoved me on my couch and told me not to scream or try anything, or else he would slit my throat. I didn't know what to do other than hold my hands up and wait until he wanted to talk to me. The conversation just went all over the place from there. 
I remember he said, Where is she? I asked who he was talking about, and he said, Don't mess with me, you know who. Your old man owes me a lot of money, and if he skipped town, then someone has to pay it back. Again, I was terrified and confused, because I didn't have a boyfriend or anything like that. I was single, and had been for the past four, five years. I pleaded with him, trying to explain that I didn't know what this was about, and I tried everything I could to convince him that I was single. I noticed he was looking around at this point while still holding the knife up defensively. That's when I told him I had just moved in here and that maybe he was mistaken. He told me not to move and he went to the back of the apartment, pushing the doors open. After what seemed like an eternity of me contemplating if I should actually try to run or just stay there, he came back to the living room and threatened, saying if I told anyone, he would come back, and then quickly left. I got up and locked the door and sat back down on my couch, terrified about what to do next. It's a horrible feeling just moving into a place and then immediately feeling this unsafe. I had lived there so long before, too. It was saddening that this was the first bad experience that I'd really had with this place. I didn't even know if I should call the cops. What could they have done? And if he was outside somewhere watching the place to see if I did, would he have to come back and would he try something else? I lived alone, so it's not like I had anyone to depend on in such a vulnerable moment. When I finally came to my senses a bit, I decided to go back in my rooms and see if he did anything. He had opened all the doors and shower curtain, like he was looking for someone or something, but... I guess he found what he wanted in my bedroom. I had an old jewelry box given to me by my grandmother, and I kept my tips in the bottom part of it, and he had taken all the bills. It was probably about $200, roughly. I was just saving them if I ever needed some extra cash, but at least I got to keep my life. Unfortunately, it seemed like this was a normal scene for this apartment, as when one of my neighbors saw this man come to my door, he called the cops, which they then came knocking on my door. I know it may have been stupid, but I was still afraid, so I just told them that they came looking for someone else, and I told them they had the wrong place. I didn't even have to identify or give a description as he mentioned the guy had been in the area before and was told to leave the property by management. I told them I would let them know if I saw the guy again and they left. The rest of that week definitely changed for me. I felt super uncomfortable being alone for a while, so I invited people over to just hang out with me and use unpacking as an excuse. I did finally tell one of my girlfriends that had come over about what happened, and she convinced me that I was probably fine and that it probably wouldn't be worth the effort of them coming back. In a nice way, of course. And I understood what she was saying. It was reasonable, and definitely helped me to relax a bit. I also ended up running into the same neighbor that called the police at the rental office. I guess he's the neighborhood watchdog type, and he knows the ins and outs of everything. However, 
He did ask me about the guy and told me a bit about the last tenant that lived in my apartment. He said he thought that they were doing some shady stuff in there, as they always had people coming and going, not staying longer than 15 to 20 minutes. He said he saw the guy that showed up at my door, and he knew that he was also over there frequently. They were constantly fighting and yelling too, so when he saw him enter the complex again, he was worried about me. The last tenant also seemed to move out in a rush, leaving a lot of their stuff. That was part of why there were new appliances and carpet. There was no way that carpet would come out looking clean, according to him. So, whatever they did or whoever they were, they left quite the impression. I had no idea what was going on in this little complex, but mine always seemed quiet, and everyone pretty much kept to themselves so this was intriguing to learn. Unfortunately, I still had a few more unwanted visitors show up at my door, but it was always locked and I checked who was there before I answered. I ended up taping a note on my door saying the previous residents moved, so they would quit asking. So all I have to say is, when you move into a new place, make sure you update everyone, including all your so-called friends. At least, for the new tenant's sake. I have a bit of a weird story that I wanted to share because I'm not really sure what to do with the situation. This isn't about me or my child, but my nephew. My sister and her family moved from the East Coast to the Midwest, to the city that I'm actually living in. They did this to be closer to the rest of our family. She moved away when she was 20, but after having kids and spending time away, her and her husband decided that they wanted to move somewhere a bit more quiet, so they decided to move back here. Apparently, the whole process had been incredibly difficult. Getting a house and living in an extended-stay kind of hotel. However, they did find a house that they decided to purchase, and everything was good to go with it. However, she said that her son seemed to react to the house in a weird way. She said that while they were looking at the house, her son, Brady, who is three and very intelligent and vocal looked like he was scared of something. The entire time they were walking around the house, he just seemed really quiet and reserved, and his eyes looked like he wanted to cry. Then they got to one of the rooms that was obviously a kid's room, and she told him that this would be his bedroom. As soon as she said that, he said, We can't live here. They already live here. Obviously, a bit weird, but... My sister told him that no one lived there right now, and that they were going to be moving in. He then burst into tears, telling her that they cannot live in this house, and he was aggressively adamant about it. I will say that I understand that this would be an awkward situation to be in. Your three-year-old son telling you that he didn't want to live in a house because they already live there but they'd already signed the paperwork and the house was practically theirs. Plus, 
They weren't going to let a three-year-old tell them that they couldn't own the house. He is a little kid, after all. She then said that, on the day that they were moving into the house, Brady spent most of the day outside, sitting in the backyard, and just talking, staring at the house. After a while of loading things into the house, she went out back to ask him who he was talking to, and he said, My new sister. It is best to mention now that Brady is the youngest of three boys. He's three, and his brothers are ten and seven. They made sure that they couldn't have any more kids, so this wasn't some kind of premonition he was having about them having another one. This obviously kind of freaked her out, so... She told him that it was time for him to come inside and have lunch, and he told her that his new sister couldn't come inside the house with them because she was trapped outside. She just kind of said, okay, and picked Brady up and brought him in. The entire time he was inside and eating his peanut butter and jelly sandwich, he was just staring out the window in the backyard. He was smiling and even waving. I feel like most of the time this could be acceptable, he is three, but she said that it was actually kind of creepy how he was just staring and giggling, and as soon as he finished eating, he said he wanted to go back outside to play with her. She let him go back out, and said that he was having a good time, but the whole thing really creeped her out. They've been living in the house for about two months now, and she says that he hasn't had any of the issues that he had when they first showed him the house. But, he's been constantly talking about his sister and how much he enjoys spending time with her. The way she sees it, so long as this sister doesn't cause any negative events, then it's not really a huge deal. For the most part, it seems like it's a kind spirit of a little girl that just wants to play with him, but... If it gets any worse, then she said she'll go through with a cleansing or something. I know this isn't super creepy, but it's definitely a bit of a spooky paranormal story, as there's absolutely some kind of spirit there that is playing with my nephew. Maybe Brady has a really strong connection with the paranormal, or maybe this spirit is a guardian of sorts, but either way, she seems to be his new best friend. I was house-sitting for a family member. The whole day went alright, so before bed, I decided to take a bath. As I relaxed, I looked toward the bathroom door and saw something at the bottom where most doors have that crack near the floor, and I saw something move. It looked like a small child's foot wearing a white sock wiggling its toes. I got so scared, but told myself that it was impossible as there were no children there. After I got out and got dressed, I looked around the house for an explanation, but I couldn't come up with one. When my family member returned, I told her about what I saw, and she said, That's funny. That's what my kids do when I'm taking a bath. All of her kids were with her at that time. I was the only one there, so there's no way it was them.
I'ma just jump right into the story. I was up at 3am doing who knows what, but I got tired and wanted to go to sleep already. I got up to go use the restroom when I heard my dogs barking in the living room. I told them to quiet down, thinking that they were barking because they heard me come out of the room. I go to the bathroom, do my stuff, and as I'm walking back to my room, I just had the urge to go into the living room. I saw my dogs now crying and shaking. Then, I noticed the TV was on, but it was just static playing on the TV. I was caught off guard because I knew that I didn't turn on the TV. I was a little weirded out, but I didn't think much of it. I walk to my room and close and lock my door. I've never done that, but something in my guts told me to do it. I go to lay on my bed. A few minutes pass by, and I hear the door jiggle, and then a knock comes after that. It's my mom. She asks me if I went outside earlier. I said no, and her face dropped. I asked her what was wrong, and she didn't answer. A few days after that whole incident happened, she finally told me and my sister what happened. She said she was woken up by a noise, and my mom is not the type of person to hear something and just leave it alone. She said that when she went to check what the noise was, the back door was wide open, and our outside dog was at the corner of our backyard crying. Later on, I found out that a woman had committed suicide in our home after her girlfriend left her to go back with her ex-husband. Both the lady and her girlfriend used to host dog fights, with mainly pit bulls in the backyard. After that incident, more things started happening. We thought that she was a friendly ghost because she wasn't causing us any harm, but later on she tried to. One night, my family was staying over and my aunt woke up to her son crying and running around saying that a lady was trying to choke him. Another incident that happened to my cousin, she said that she woke up one night and was facing the closet and said that she saw a girl with long black hair just sitting in the closet. She thought that she was just a bit sleepy, so she turned her back to the closet. She had her eyes closed, and a few moments later, she said she saw the girl sitting next to her on the floor looking at her. She would also do little things like open cabinets or open doors, but those two main incidents just made us realize that she was not a friendly ghost, and could be something more than just a ghost. I have more encounters that I could write an entire book on, but these experiences are from one of the houses that I've lived in that were haunted. Back when I was about 13, my family moved into a new house. It was an average looking house with nothing particularly special about it. It was myself, my parents, and my little brother. At the time, he was about two or three, I believe. There were occasions where I would be left at home if one of them was at work, and the other needed to go do something, and I didn't want to go. So, being home alone was normal for me. 
It was never scary or a big deal, though, as I usually just did the same thing. I would play my N64 in my room or something like that, and probably not even notice how much time had passed until they got back. However, we had a cool-looking crawl space-like area in our new house that I was itching to explore. There was a small door lift in the basement leading to it. My dad said it wasn't anything special, as it would most likely just be dirt and spiders, but if it was a potential hideout spot, I wanted to check it out. While my dad was at work, my mom let me stay home one day as my brother had a doctor's appointment that she had to take him to. After she left, I was watching something on TV when it reminded me of the crawlspace. So, I decided that now was the time to take a look. I grabbed a flashlight from the drawer and a small bag to collect anything I found and wanted to keep. I didn't think about the door actually being hard to open, but... Being a scrawny little boy, it took me some time to finally get it open. I hopped down into it, and there was probably enough room for me to crouch through it. I couldn't quite stand, and I'm sure that my dad would have had to have crawled. I saw a fair share of spiders and other insects, but I didn't scare easily, so I just maneuvered around them or killed them. For the most part, it was uneventful. But as I made my way around the edges, I noticed a pile of stuff in the back corner. When I approached it, I could tell that there was an old blanket covered in dirt and cobwebs, covering something else. I gave it a light kick to make sure nothing moved underneath it, and when nothing came out, I pulled the blanket back, and it seemed to be a bunch of baby stuff. There was an old vintage-style stroller, and it was a box with some kind of toys, and what I think were old photos. You could barely make anything out in the photos, but there was writing on the back of them with a date. I don't remember the date, unfortunately, and the rest of it was in a very fluid cursive, but I couldn't make it out. The toy looked like some kind of baby doll, but it was all soft, like a stuffed animal. Then, there was the box. Inside, sitting right on top, was a bunch of small teeth. I think they were human because they weren't pointed like canines and felines, and given the fact that they were found where they were. There was something underneath it, and I was going to pull it out when I heard what sounded like footsteps above me. I figured my mom just got home, so I decided to start putting stuff back as it was, covered everything back up and headed back to the door. To my surprise, as I was walking back, I actually heard my dad call out for me. So I came out of the crawl space, shut the door, and hollered back that I was in the basement and started running upstairs. I expected him to be waiting at the top of the stairs or in the garage, as you have to go through the garage to get to the basement, but he wasn't. I walked into the kitchen from there and the living room again, and he was nowhere to be found. I called out for him, and when I didn't get a response, I just went through each room, even the closets, to find him. I never did. I checked the time and realized my dad should not have even been home, 
as it was only around noon and he usually got home around six. This actually spooked me quite a bit. The sound of footsteps, I could see me mistaking for possibly the floor creaking or the house shifting, even though it was a pretty clear pattern of a step, step, step. But that was definitely my dad's voice, and I had no idea how that was possible. I called my mom and asked how much longer she was going to be, and she said that they were on their way home. I took the home phone to my room, turned the TV up loud, and sat against my door so it couldn't be opened, until I heard my mom come home and actually try to open my door. I never told her or my dad that I went down there, because I wasn't supposed to be alone, but that legitimately creeped me out. It didn't end there, though. After that day, I would hear disembodied voices, but it would always be a familiar voice, usually that of my parents and even my uncles. My uncle was really cool, so I remember one time running out of my room looking for him after I heard him, and my mom looked at me like I was crazy when I said that I had heard him, asking where he was. I also seemed to be the only one that could hear it, and felt like it was driving me crazy. I constantly asked my dad if we could check out the crawl space, and after many next weeks or maybe someday, he finally agreed. I let him lead the way, and I pointed out curiously what was in the corner. He saw the same stuff, but didn't open the box. He told me to go get a trash bag, and when I went back to the basement... He was already out of it and holding the stroller. He tossed everything we found into the bag and pretty much chucked the bag and stroller out the side window down there. I was curious what his plans were and if he had opened the box, so I asked what was in it. He said there was nothing special, and when I followed him outside, he just took it all to the trash. Something felt weird to me, though, about the whole experience. Yet again, my dad didn't seem bothered by it, but I felt like someone was watching us and was not happy. This feeling continued for many days, but then something came over me, and I felt like I needed to go back to the crawl space. So, the next time that I was home alone, I went down there again. I went back to that corner and saw that there were still a few of the teeth on the ground. I took them to our backyard and buried them thinking maybe this was something paranormal. I'd watched a few ghost movies with my mom and did something similar, and part of me thought it was silly while I was doing it, but I still did it. However, I didn't hear the voices at all after that. When I was alone, I didn't hear random footsteps or voices, and I thought maybe that's what they wanted or needed. Maybe it was a coincidence, but if it was something else, I hope that I was at least able to help them rest. After having a horrible experience with a roommate, I got my first apartment by myself. It wasn't the best, as they were old buildings, so... There were several maintenance calls to have things fixed, but the front office people and the techs were also friendly, and they were really fast at getting things done, so I couldn't complain. 
The buildings were small and had eight units in each, and my neighbors all seemed pretty chill. There were a couple of old people that I think had lived there forever, and a young couple that I usually only saw in the halls at night. I think they worked the overnight shifts or something, but they definitely were not the social types, which was fine. It just meant that there were even less problems to worry about, as everyone typically minded their own business. While I did live alone, I started dating a guy that I had met through a mutual friend. Sometimes he came over and stayed at my place on the weekends, or if he wasn't working. He was still living at home with his parents, who were also really cool people, but his drive to work was about an hour, and my place was almost the halfway mark. So, sometimes, he would just stop and sleep at my place if he'd had a long day, and didn't want to make the drive all the way home. He was an EMT, and would often work late or overnight shifts, so if he wasn't catching naps at the hospital while on call, it was just easier for him to stay with me. When he did, he would text me that he would be stopping by, and since it would be later, I was usually already asleep as I worked at 7 in the morning. He would come in, kiss me on the head, and typically take a shower before finally passing out. He didn't have a key to my apartment, partially because I wasn't supposed to make copies myself, so I usually just kept the door unlocked. Again, everyone here seemed trustworthy, and there hadn't been reports of break-ins or suspicious people, so I didn't really have a problem with it. It was one of those nights where he was going to be working late, so on his lunch... He told me he was going to stay at my place, and I agreed. I made a large dinner so he could eat something when he got home too, and around 10pm, I finally headed off to bed, texting him goodnight. After some time, I woke up to hearing some noise outside of my room. I figured it was him getting there, so I just tried to go back to sleep, expecting him to be in soon. I even faced away from the door as the bathroom was across from my room, that way when he opened the door the light wouldn't blind me. I heard my door creak open a bit, and as I opened my eyes to see the sliver of light on the wall as well as his shadow standing in the hallway. However, instead of coming to my room, he just walked away. I thought that was weird as he never didn't do what I had mentioned, and it was kind of something I looked forward to. I continued to lay there for a bit, thinking maybe he was going to go eat first, but after I closed my eyes again, I heard the shower running. Now, being an EMT, I know that he can go to some pretty messed up scenes or even lose a patient, so I thought maybe that's what happened, so maybe his mind wasn't in the right place. I decided I would go in there and make sure that he was okay. I got up, and I entered the bathroom, and the clothes on the floor, they weren't the scrubs that he was usually in. They were regular clothes, but they were really dirty jeans. He didn't like wearing jeans, so I found it odd. I asked him if he was okay, and he didn't respond. So... I started saying something else as I opened the shower curtain when, 
To my horror, the man in the shower was not my boyfriend. I don't know who was more scared as he started shouting something, but I was also screaming and ran back to my bedroom, locking the door behind me, and I called 911. I could hear some sounds outside my room, like the guy was running around, and I was terrified if he would try to get into my room, but I never heard the doorknob shake or the door even budge. When the police finally showed up, I came out and explained what had happened. The guy was long gone. We walked through to see if he took anything, and I noticed the shower was pretty dirty. It looked like there was mud or dirt or something all over the bottom of the tub. His clothes were gone too, but there were wet prints in the carpet that we could follow. They came out of the bathroom, into the kitchen. There were no puddles and no carpet, thankfully. He had actually taken one of the pre-made salads in the fridge, and then the prints led back out the door. I felt bad as it was late, but they knocked on my neighbor's doors to ask if they saw anything, and I noticed the younger couple was already standing outside talking to the cops. I learned that they had heard the screaming, and when they opened their door to look around, they saw a guy, completely naked, holding a bag and some clothes running out the front door, and they didn't know what had happened. They followed him out the door, and they saw where he went, and they gave his description of the man, which also matched mine. They went around the area, and before they came back, my boyfriend had showed up, and was obviously curious as to why I was awake. I explained everything to him. The cops came back to tell me that they didn't find the guy, but if they did, they would come back to ask me to identify him, and then they left. Unfortunately, they never did call or come back, so I have to guess that he was never caught. However, a few weeks later, I started hearing stories about break-ins in the same city as me, but the person either didn't take anything, or it was just food, and they always seemed to take a shower. I don't remember ever hearing about this happening before my incident, but by then I had seen it a few times. The news interviewed a few people, and someone mentioned that it may be someone who was homeless, just trying to help themselves, I suppose. I don't know if that's what happened in my case, but I could believe it by the shape of the clothes that the man was in. It was still a terrifying situation to be in, but it was weird to me that he definitely looked in my room and saw me. Why not leave at that point? I am glad nothing worse happened, but I went ahead and broke the rules to make a key for my boyfriend, and I never left my door unlocked after that. I have a paranormal story that I had kind of kicked from my memory for a couple of decades but that recently came flooding back to me. My parents recently retired and decided that they wanted to sell their home and move into a smaller house closer to where myself and their grandkids are, and this meant that they needed to go through all the random things that they had saved from my childhood. I was going through one of the boxes, 
and I found a journal that I used to write in. I remembered that I would write my paranormal experiences in this journal when I was like 10 years old. I know that sounds weird, but as a little girl, I didn't know a lot about the paranormal, and I was apparently an aspiring author, so I just wanted to write things that were happening to me in my life. I actually wrote a lot in this journal, and looking back, it actually is kind of terrifying. I'm not going to rewrite the entire thing here, I'm just going to reiterate some of the highlights and weird parts. Also, as a bit of a for-the-record, I did not make up any of these events. I 100% remember them happening now, and in very vivid details. I know a lot of people may think, oh, you were a child, so there's no way you didn't add fictional details, but this was basically my diary, and I was writing it for myself, so... I had no reason to add anything extra or fictional to the entries. In one of the entries, I wrote a very detailed experience about the first terrifying night that I had with a paranormal entity. The beginning of the entry was about what I saw when I went to bed. There was this weird thing that kept hovering in the corner of my room, and I wrote that exactly. Hovering. It was the shape of a young boy, but something about it was creepier than anything that I had ever seen. Like, it wasn't quite human, but was shaped like one. My description was this exactly. I saw a little boy floating in the corner of my room. He was see-through, but darker than the shadows. I feel like he kept staring at me, and it was making me feel cold. I tried to ignore him, but... I keep feeling like he is watching me do everything in my room. The next time I wrote, which was literally the next day, I wrote several notes about being touched by this shadow child. I wrote about how I was sitting and doing my homework, and that this thing had grabbed my hair. I actually remember this in detail. I was sitting there at my desk doing my math homework, and I felt what felt like a hand grab my ponytail and pull my hair hard. Like, my head went backwards hard. This actually happened more than once. It was a few times, but I only wrote about it the one time. I can remember that I actually stopped wearing a ponytail in my bedroom to get this thing to stop pulling my hair. Another one that I wrote was about one of the most intense nights that I had with this entity, which was the first and only time that I'd had sleep paralysis. I know that a lot of people don't believe in paranormal happenings during sleep paralysis, but this was absolutely paranormal, and it was terrifying. I wrote about how I was lying in bed that night, and I woke up suddenly. I was staring at the ceiling, and I could see the floating boy basically form out of the darkness in my room, and he slowly descended from the top of my room and stopped right in front of my face. The whole time he was staring at me, I was feeling like the room was spinning, and I thought that I was going to get sick, but in my own written words, 
I couldn't even turn my head to throw up. The entire time that this thing was staring at me, face to face in the darkness, I could feel how cold the room was, and I could feel how angry and violent the spirit wanted to be. I wrote that in detail too. The whole time this boy was staring at me, I knew that he wanted to hurt me. He wanted to kill me because he was angry that I was alive and that he was not. There were a few other events that I wrote about, though these were the more interesting ones. In multiple entries, I wrote about how cold my room was. I wrote about how just sitting in my room made me feel scared and nauseous, which was definitely this entity's fault. There were several instances where I would come home from school and find that my bed was a mess, more so than I left it. Like, the blankets and pillows were all over the floor and several times where all the stuff that I had on my vanity was knocked all over the floor. Then, in one of the entries when I was 11 years old, so around a year after the first entry, I wrote that he was gone. The entire page is me talking about how he had left me, and how much of a relief it was that he was finally able to cross over. Just like that, he was apparently gone from my life, and I actually recall how weird it was to me that he would torment me and scare me so much just to leave me alone one random day. I have no idea what kind of spirit he was, but he definitely seemed malicious. It started out fairly benign with the hair thing and the staring, but that night with the paralysis almost felt like he was putting me in my place showing me how dark he truly was. Reading my old journal really brought back the flood of memories about how scared I was as a child, and how haunting this thing really happened to be. I'm just glad that it did eventually leave me alone, and that I was able to move on, and mostly forget about it, even if finding this journal did bring it all back to my mind. This all happened back when I was around six or seven years old, and I lived in the old house that I grew up in. It was a nice house, but I swear that throughout my entire childhood, there was this weird feeling that I always got while I was in certain rooms or during certain times of the day. Being so young, I obviously didn't have any understanding of the paranormal, but nowadays, I can look back and think about how creepy the whole thing was. I remember that, during one of these events, I was sitting in my room and just staring at the wall in the middle of the night. For some reason, I couldn't sleep, and my brain was telling me that I shouldn't close my eyes. Like, it was in flight mode, and causing me to have a bit of anxiety. Again, super young, so... I didn't know what anxiety felt like. What ended up escalating the whole thing was, while I was laying there, and just watching the wall, I saw the door to my room slowly open. It wasn't like the door just shifted in the frame and opened, but that the knob actually turned and the door opened like someone was coming into my room. 
I sat there and stared for a few minutes, but after several moments of no one coming into my room, I started to freak out. I got up from my bed, and I went over to look out into the hallway and see if someone was there, but there was no one. I remember noping it out of there and walking into my mom's room. My dad worked nights at this point, and I asked her if I could sleep in there. She asked if I was okay, and I told her what had happened with the door, and I just said I was scared. She told me that it would be okay, and then moved over so I could lie down. I hopped into the bed, she told me goodnight, and then fell back asleep pretty much instantly. I remember lying there for several moments just trying to fall asleep, but I started getting that feeling again that something was watching me. I opened my eyes, and as soon as I did, I saw what looked like a child standing near the door of the room, except they had no details whatsoever. The child was completely nothing more than a shadow, but they looked solid. I know that sounds really weird, but it's the only way that I can think to describe what he looked like. I just laid there watching the shadow thing stand there and slowly make its way across the room to the door. Then, as soon as it got to the door, I swear that I saw this thing look at me and smile, though the smile was just more darkness. The second it smiled at me, I watched it reach up to the bedroom door and grab the handle. The next thing I know, the door flung open and slammed open against the wall. My mom jumped up and looked over at the door, and then down at me. I had obviously jumped up staring at the door too, and I had started crying with how freaked out I was getting. My mom asked me if I was okay, and then asked me what had happened. I told her that I saw a shadow boy open the door, and my mom dismissed what I said. It sounded a bit impossible, admittedly, but she then got up and went out to look to see if there was someone in the house. After about five minutes, she came back and basically just shrugged it off and told me to go back to sleep. That was honestly the creepiest night that happened when I was a kid. I saw that weird shadow boy several times after this happened, but he never really did anything aggressive like this. I think because I never showed him that I was scared of him anymore, mostly because I didn't want him to do anything else. I saw him in the middle of the night multiple times throughout the years, but I haven't seen him for well over a decade at this point. I know some people may not think that this is super scary or anything, but I hated dealing with the weird little shadow person as a kid. That said, I'm just glad that he hasn't shown himself for a while, and I hope that it stays that way. I used to live in this house when I was younger, since the time I was born to maybe the age of six. It was a big house. It had three floors and two kitchens, one on the third floor and one on the second floor. I lived with my dad, grandpa, and two of my uncles with my cousin. They all have stories about this house. They all experienced paranormal activity. 
However, the children would experience more, such as scratching on the walls, voices, shadow figures, you name it. My room was on the third floor. I had two closets. One was just a normal closet, but the other closet had a crawling tunnel that would lead to the master bedroom, just like in the movie Caroline. We kids would go and play there. However, I remember vividly seeing an obituary in that closet of a little girl with curly blonde hair. I asked all my cousins that visited the house if they remembered seeing the obituary, and they all saw it, but they remember the little girl's appearance is all different. I remember her with blonde curly hair, my cousin remembers the girl with black curly hair, and my other cousin remembers the girl with red hair. I've asked my aunts and uncles if they remember the obituary, but none of them saw it. Only the younger children. I remember my father would tell me that when I was a toddler, I'd be laughing at something and playing with someone who wasn't there, and that the locks would lock themselves as well. We all moved out when I was six or seven years old, However, in the new house, I would experience the same things. Now that I'm older, I remember more. I would be home alone in my bedroom upstairs and hear footsteps downstairs coming close to me. In my sleep, I felt someone grab my ankle and pull me down a little. I would have recurring nightmares about a girl in a white dress with long black hair chasing me. I would hear glass fall and break, but nothing broke. Once, when I was about 11 years old, I was waiting for my friend outside. She lives right across from me in the complex, and while I was waiting, I was jumping off the porch and climbed back up to jump back off again and buy time. I kept doing that, and then I went to look at my reflection in the window, and after I jumped off the porch, I saw some other girl jump off after me in the reflection, she had long, dark hair, too, like in my nightmares, but I was alone. Sometime later, my dad had a new girlfriend. She started to live with us, and she would feel that the house was haunted as well. She finally had enough and wanted to get the house blessed, so that happened. As the priest was blessing the house, we were all just following him, but... I started to feel weird and uncomfortable. My body was getting sore, there was pain in all of my joints. It felt like growing pain, but everywhere. When the priest was blessing my room, he said to us, This room has the most energy in the entire house. I wasn't shocked, to be honest, because I already knew that. After the blessing, I told my father's girlfriend that my body was hurting, and she went and massaged my body. I was doing exercises and stretches. My neck cracked, all of my knuckles cracked, and my back as well, which I thought was very weird. I then went straight to sleep after. However, after that day, I had never had those recurring dreams. I never heard footsteps again, no shadows, no voices, nothing. It's been probably seven years since, and 
I haven't experienced any paranormal activities since that happened. Now, I constantly question myself. Did she follow me from the other house? Did she try to possess me? Was she good? Bad? What do you think? I work a really weird shift at a big corporate warehouse that is open all around the clock. And, as such, I usually work until around 2 in the morning. Obviously, this really screws up your sleep schedule and can be incredibly stressful in the long run. The job doesn't matter. What does matter is when I would get home, that being 2 to 3 in the morning. At the time that I was working this shift pretty regularly, I was renting a really small house from my aunt that was actually owned by my grandmother when she passed away. It was the smallest house that I had ever seen. Literally one bedroom, a kitchen, a bathroom, and then a tiny dining area with a living room in one. It then also had a basement that was a single room with the washer and dryer hookups. That was it. I've had friends that lived in apartments that had more square feet than this house did, but that's neither here nor there. So, as mentioned, my grandmother lived in this house at the end of her life, and I'm pretty sure that she was there even after she passed away. For the years that I knew her, my grandmother was a bit of a joker. She liked to play little pranks on people or poke fun at people, and she knew how to hit you with insults that left you in tears because of how funny her delivery was, and how much it hurt you inside. She could have been a stand-up comic had that been a major thing when she was young, but instead she just cracked her jokes at us that loved her. Hell, I'm pretty sure that her dying words were, It's about damn time. I was ready 20 years ago. That's the kind of person that she was. It's because of this attitude that I'm pretty certain she still resides in her house. The first time that I noticed something was up was one night when I had come home from work around 2 in the morning. I got home, and I was seriously hungry, so I decided that I wanted to make myself an egg sandwich. I remember that specifically because it was something my grandma always made when I was little. Obviously, egg sandwiches are basic and there's nothing special about them, but as I was making it, I started talking out loud about how much I missed being little and how much I missed my grandma making them for me. No sooner than me making this comment, I hear a smash on the floor next to me, and one of the eggs from the carton had somehow managed to jump out of its case and onto the floor. I remember that happening and me just looking at it and then screaming, Dang it, Grandma! Now I have to clean that up! And again, as soon as I mentioned that, the roll of paper towels fell onto the floor from the counter. It was at that point that I was certain that it was her messing with me, mostly because I know exactly what joke she was making. When I was a kid... I had accidentally dropped an egg on the floor, and I remember her yelling at me about how she now had to clean it up. It was just too perfect, honestly. I was saying that I missed her making me food as a kid, 
and she decided to mock me by doing to me what I did to her when I was young. I cleaned it up, and the whole time I was just laughing thinking about her, and telling her that I missed her humor and whatnot. I'm going to be completely open about this. It really felt like she was sitting at my table and laughing at me. Like, haha, now you have to clean up the messes that I make. And I loved it. <laughs> I have a few more stories about my trickster of a grandma, but honestly, this was my favorite that I felt I should share. She's done some other things to me, like opening my fridge overnight, opening cabinets, dumping my laundry onto the floor, but honestly, it's never been anything terribly malicious. Just my grandma being herself in the afterlife. It's actually kind of nice to be reminded frequently that she is still around me, even if it means I have to constantly be cleaning and picking things up. Hey there, friends. That was today's episode of the As the Raven Dreams podcast, and I really hope that you all enjoyed this collection of scary stories. If you did, please do consider checking out my YouTube channel, where I do these same stories, but a little bit earlier than I do them here on the podcast form, and also in slightly different collections. If you really enjoy the podcast, please do consider giving it a rating of any sort if the platform you're listening on has ratings. Any honest rating is appreciated by me, be it 5 star, 1 star, however you want to do it. Just know that rating the podcast helps tremendously. And, if you would like to support further, I do have a Patreon and channel memberships if you'd like to do things on the YouTube side, where for as little as a dollar a month, you get early access to my content. Never ever expected, but always appreciated. That said, friends... I hope that I do see you on the next episode of this podcast. And of course, until then, sleep well.